Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native, and the father of the Effortless English system that trains you to speak English fluently, speak English powerfully, speak English effortlessly. Think, think, think in English. When you commit to my VIP program, commit and don't quit, at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Go to that website, EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Commit to my VIP program. Commitment is the key to success in so many things in life, really. Commit, don't quit. At EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Audio only show today because... My baby assistant is with me. I am wearing my baby in a carrier. Hopefully she's going to be nice and calm and quiet during this whole show. But I'm not doing a live show because I can't do live video with the baby because the baby might start crying and going crazy and then I have to suddenly end the live show. But with audio, I can just pause and take a break and then come back and record more. So, audio today. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Just uh, this week, in fact, this, this this most recent week, last week, I watched all three of the Lord of the Rings movies. The extended versions, right? The long versions of each movie. So, that's... Wow, it's 3, 6, 9, 10, 10, 11, 12 hours or something like that to watch all of them. But, you know, at night I'm watching the baby now every night. So, at night I've got nothing to do really, just take care of baby. And then uh, in between, I just can read or watch movies. (laughs) So, I decided I wanted to uh, watch all the Lord of the Rings movies again. I'm going to read the books again too, I think. Because, uh, I mean, the books are better. As, as usual, you know, books are just deeper. Books are always better than the movies. Um, so I am going to read the books. And also, there are some differences. I don't want to forget the details of the book. Because the book details are better. And, you know, the movies are... The movies were well done. I think Lord of the Rings, most people agree. Even Tolkien fans, big fans of the book, most agree that the... Movies were well done. I mean, they made some changes to the books a little bit, but, uh, you know, overall well done, uh, especially for Hollywood. On the other hand, the Hobbit movies suck. <laughs> Same director, um, but unfortunately, he did a terrible job with The Hobbit. The Hobbit movies are nothing like the book. Uh, and really just a disaster. I, I didn't even finish. I watched the first Hobbit movie, the whole thing, and really didn't like it. Did not like it. I watched the second Hobbit movie. I think I watched... 
I think I finally finished it. The first time I tried to watch it, I, I turned it off after half the movie because I just thought it was so terrible. Uh, I think eventually I ended up watching most of it like on a flight, a long flight somewhere. And I never watched the third one because I just... It's, it's nothing like the book. He changed so much. And the worst part of all about the Hobbit movies is that the, the complete, the feeling, the, the spirit of the book is com- totally and completely different than the movies. And this is what, he did a great job, Peter Jackson, the, the director, he did a great job with Lord of the Rings. I mean, that's why people liked it. Uh, even Tolkien fans, fans of the book, liked the movies because it had the same spirit. You know, a few ch- details changed, but overall, the most of the characters and the, the whole general, the, the, the meanings and the, the spirit and the feeling of the movies was similar to the books. And I don't know why. I have no idea why. Well, I do know why. Money. Money. That's why he did it, sadly. Um, when he made the Hobbit movies, he did not do that. With the Hobbit movies, the movie does not match the book at all. The feeling of the book, The Hobbit, is very light. It's, it's, it's much more of a children's book, The Hobbit. You know, Lord of the Rings is for adults. It's an adult-level book with very deep meaning. But The Hobbit is is kind of the introduction to... The Lord of the Rings and uh, Tolkien on purpose. He wrote it with a very different feeling, more like a, a, a funny, light children's story. The Hobbit is, so it's it's much more humorous for one thing. There's a lot more humor in The Hobbit. In the movies, there's none. There's no humor at all. It's just kind of uh, so so deadly serious. Um, so he completely missed that. The other thing about The Hobbit movie that's terrible is that he stretched it out so long. This is why we know it's for money. The Hobbit is a short book. It's shorter than each of the Lord of the Rings books. Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King. The Hobbit is shorter than all three of those books. And yet, using that one little book, he made three movies of The Hobbit. So he added in all this stuff that's not in the books, that's nowhere to be found. It's uh, it, the whole feeling. He added characters. He changed the feeling of the characters. Like I said, the whole style is wrong. Anyway, a disaster. So I'm not going to watch those movies. <laughs> but I am going to probably read the Hobbit book again and read the... Lord of the Rings books again. Maybe the Silmarillion too. But today, after watching those movies, I want to talk about two characters in Lord of the Rings. It's interesting because uh, you know, I've read Lord of the Rings many times. I've seen the movies many times. One of my favorite stories. I really love it. As a kid, it was my number one favorite story or books, Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Love those books. And I still do. But I think most people, when they uh, watch the movies or read the books, they, you know, the we know who the obvious heroes are. There are certain characters that are very obvious, that people have favorite characters or that seem the strongest characters, the most important characters. So there's Frodo, of course, Frodo and Sam. Right? He's the big, you know, the he's the, the really good person 
who's just kind of more, you know, kind of a regular person, but then he becomes a great hero that, you know, helps to save the whole world. And then his loyal, his super loyal, super, 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 super loyal friend, Sam. And then there are like the big, strong heroes, right? There's Gandalf the wizard, who's uh, the leader of all the free people (laughs) in the story. And he's this powerful wizard, and he's super wise and old and intelligent and strong. So he's, you know, everybody loves him and follows him. So another very big, obvious hero and main character. And then there's Aragorn, who is, you know, when we meet him, first he's just like, you know, a very, you know, he's a strong fighter, a strong warrior, and also very wise. But then we later learn he's also, you know, going to become the king, the great king of this one of these important kingdoms. He's going to return. That's why the third book is called Return of the King. It's Aragorn returning to become the king. So he's a great big hero and a lot of people like Aragorn I, I like them all of course and then there are um, you know Gimli and Legolas the dwarf and the elf they're not quite at the same level they're not great leaders but they're great warriors right they're great fighters so strong and uh, in the movies they make it a little more like of a joke but in the movies, Gimli and Legolas, they're always joking about how many of the enemy they're killing, right? They'll be in a big battle, and they're both just so strong, and they're killing all these orcs, and they're counting them, you know, 20, 21, 22, and they have like this competition to see who can kill more of the orcs, and they're strong, and they're fearless, they're powerful, they're like super warriors, super fighters, great heroes. There are some minor characters, Minor heroes, meaning minor, they have a smaller amount of time in the story. Like uh, King Theoden. Right? He's the king of Rohan, the, the, the horse warriors. They're like Vikings on horses, kind of. <laughs> He's a strong, powerful warrior. Eomir, Eowyn, uh, his niece and nephew, also great warriors. Strong and powerful. And even, you know, of course, the enemies. There's Saruman, Sauron, powerful, super powerful. But then what I was, and what I was focusing on, and what I was, what I started thinking about are, there are two characters that are very different, and it's Merry and Pippin. Merry and Pippin, two hobbits. Right at the beginning of the story, there are, you know, there's Frodo and Sam. But Gandalf comes to their home and he, he realizes they have the big evil ring. And he tells Frodo, well, he, does, he, he thinks they might, but he's not sure. But he tells Frodo, you should leave, you know, leave your home. The Shire is their home. Leave the Shire, your homeland, and, uh, you know, go somewhere safe just in case. Just in case it's the power ring, you know, the evil ring. The one ring. And then Sam, his uh, best friend, uh, hears this conversation and Sam says, I'll go too. You know, I'll go with you because Sam is so loyal to Frodo. So protective and loyal. 
But then on the way, when they're leaving, when they're trying to leave their home to escape, to be safe, they meet Mary and Pippin, two, their two other best friends, their two other close friends, Mary and Pippin. And uh, Mary and Pippin decide to join them also when they hear what he's, what Frodo's doing and what's happening. They join and they go with them on this huge adventure, this very dangerous adventure. And this is what's interesting about Merry and Pippin, I think, when I, I started thinking about them, because I kept thinking about them. And, you know, when I first read the the story, and I probably for a long time, I, you know, I didn't think of them much. I kind of thought of Merry and Pippin, the characters, as kind of, uh, you know, for humor, mostly, because they're kind of funny. They do, they do add a little bit of humor to the story, especially in the movies you see it. They use them in the movies for laughter sometimes. And the reason is, you know, that they're different than all these other characters I just said. Because, you know, even Frodo, in the beginning, he's kind of just a regular guy. But, you know, by the end, we see that he suffers so much. He has to do so much. You know, he, he and Sam both go into the, the heart of darkness, you know, into hell, basically, to try to destroy this ring and save the entire world, all the good people of the world. They save. So they become these big, big heroes, and, and uh, they're not, you know, individually powerful like warriors, but there's something inside them that is very, very, very strong and powerful. You can call it virtue, fortitude, whatever you like. But Merry and Pippin are not even like that. So, you know, even Frodo and Sam there are, are, you know, are heroic in a way, very heroic. And uh, all the other characters I said, right? Great heroes, great wizards. They're either very wise, very intelligent, um, very powerful, great leaders, but not Merry and Pippin. Merry and Pippin are none of these things. They're really not heroes in any way. They're not physically strong at all, right? They're little hobbits. They're small people. So they're not physically strong. They learn to fight a little bit, like the, uh, the, the, the big warriors teach them a little, but they never become great big warriors or anything. They're not super wise. They're not super intelligent. Uh, they're not even super, um, you know, strong inside with incredible fortitude. They don't save the entire world. In fact, what's clear from the beginning and even right into like the two towers and really most of the movies and books both is that Mary and Pippin, what do they want in life? They want a comfortable, simple life, right? They're, they, they're, they, you know, the, the reason they're used for humor, they're funny, is because they always want to be comfortable. They always want good food. They're always looking to have a good meal, right? Uh, or to have a good drink or to just uh, sing songs and have a good time. Just really simple pleasures of life, right? Simple enjoyments of life, right? Their friends, their home, uh, some good, good food and a song, So they don't want to be heroes. They, they don't, they don't, they're not trying to save the world. None of that. There's really just nothing special in a way. So I start thinking like, well, why? Why did Tolkien, the writer, why did he, you know, what is their purpose in the book? Because Tolkien, you know, planned this story, 
for years and years and years and years. It took him a long, long, long time to write. So it's not an accident. He didn't put them in there just to be funny because they do have some uh, quite serious uh, sections in the books too. But I think now, after watching the movies again, I think Mary and Pippin represent you and I and regular people. Because from the beginning, Mary and Pippin know. They know from the very beginning. They know. They cannot destroy Sauron, right? They cannot defeat the great evil Lord. They know that they cannot become great warriors and kill hundreds and thousands of orcs. They know that they will never be great leaders who will lead armies. They're not going to individually save the whole world. They just want to stay home in their comfortable home, the Shire, and and enjoy their life. Live a simple life. So why don't they? And see, this is what I think Tolkien's message is, one of them, and why Mary and Pippin are important. It's his message to normal people like you and I. What can we do? So in the story, there's this incredibly powerful evil and this huge, you know, conflict, this huge war of good against evil and all these big, powerful heroes and villains. And then you have Merry and Pippin. Now they could just stay home. Right? Why don't they just stay home? They could just stay in the Shire and decide, look, we're too small to do anything. We'll never be great, huge heroes. We're too small. We can't defeat these big, powerful forces ourselves. So we'll just stay home and do nothing and let the, let the big guys fight against them. Right? They could do that. That's what everybody else in the Shire does, right? There are all these hobbits that live in the Shire. Only four go and fight against the evil. Only four. All the rest of them. Everybody else in the Shire, they're good people, but they don't, they don't take any risk. They don't fight for themselves at all, right? They let the men and the elves and the dwarves and all these big heroes protect them and fight for them. Most of them don't even know what's happening. Most of them don't even understand the great evil. Most of them don't even understand how dangerous the world is. They don't understand what's going to happen. If the good people lose... They don't realize that the Shire, their home, is going to be completely destroyed. They'll all be killed or made into slaves. So they're kind of naive. Not kind of, they are. They're very naive, the Shire people. They're kind of good average people, but they're totally naive. They're clueless. They don't understand at all the true nature of evil, the true danger of evil. And even if they understand a little, they just want to hide from it. They don't want to deal with it. It seems scary. They feel like they're just small and they can't do anything. They're not powerful. So they're just going to stay home and hope that the someone else will save them. I mean, can you see the message Tolkien is giving there? It's kind of obvious, right? Because that's what most normal people do in the world now also. That's what people are doing right now against the great evils we are facing. Most people, first of all, lots and lots and lots of regular people don't even realize the great evil. They don't understand the terrible evil that is happening, that is destroying families everywhere in the world. 
destroying people's feelings of, of virtue, of desire for virtue, to live virtuously, for goodness, that is getting giving power to just this tiny, tiny group of truly evil people. The brainwashing, the propaganda, the addiction, the techniques that are being used against all of us. Most people don't even see it, don't even realize it, just like the hobbits. They just kind of pretend everything's fine. Oh, well, I, I, I'm okay, you know. I've got my little apartment and I've got my job. And, uh, and they don't want to think about it. They don't even want to think about it. They just want to hide from this. It's too scary. It's too strange. Seems far away. And then, you know, there are some who do kind of understand. But again, they think, well, I'm just a normal person. What can I do? I can't do anything. So they also just try to hide away and hope somebody fights for them, protects them. But Mary Pippin make the decision to leave the Shire and to join this fight despite the danger even though they feel small and weak they go anyway and they join the fight against evil you know they do their duty they decide to do their duty whatever they can do even if it's a small thing they decide they'll do it and why do they do it? Because they think they personally are going to destroy Sauron and save the world? No. They do it because they are loyal to, because they love their home, their family, and their friends. They realize their shire, their home, all the people they love, the whole life they love. They realize it's in danger. And therefore, they too must fight to protect it and save it. Also, they're very loyal to their friends, Frodo and Sam. They're two closest friends. They know Frodo and Sam are going off into this terrible danger, this terrible risk. And because they're loyal to their friends, they're going to go also to help them. They're going to help their friends. They're going to try to protect their friends. They're going to do what they can. This is the idea of duty and virtue. They really don't expect to do much. <laughs> okay, especially in the beginning of the story. Mary and Pippin don't expect to do much. And even if you, you know, as you read the story yourself, they don't seem very heroic. They seem kind of silly. And they are actually kind of silly. And then they go and they join the fellowship. They join this group to go with the ring. And again, mostly from loyalty to their friends. Frodo and Sam, and also because, again, a feeling of duty that maybe I can't do much, but I must try to do something to protect my home, to fight against evil, even if I only do a little bit. And indeed, through um, most of the, let's see, through the first book, The Fellowship of the Ring, the first book and movie, and through maybe half of the second book, The Two Towers, they really don't do much, <laughs> okay? They really don't do anything heroic or all, all that great. Mostly they get in trouble. Mostly they get in trouble and other people have to save them. 
uh, in the book, there's a few things that happen that you won't, that you don't see in the movies, uh, and especially in the Fellowship of the Ring, where they have problems and they get saved. Aragorn saves them all in the first book when they get attacked by the, you know, the Black Riders, and then in the. Uh, the second book and movie, The Two Towers, Merry and Pippin get captured. They get captured, right? They're all attacked by these orcs. Boromir, the great, the big, strong warrior, he dies trying to protect them. And then they get captured. And again, they're, they're just helpless. They're little, they're helpless. They can't fight these orcs. So the orcs just carry them, carrying them to see Saruman, one of the evil guys. And then again, you know, the, these three of the great heroes, Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas, you know, follow the orcs and chase them to rescue them. And finally, there's a little battle and they escape. Merry and Pippin escape. So up until that point, they have done basically nothing. <laughs> okay? Uh, they've been saved by other people. They've been saved by the other heroes. They've really done nothing heroic at all. They haven't really contributed anything at all. But they've joined this anyway from duty, this feeling of duty, to, even though they're kind of silly, even though they're kind of weak. There's like there's the feeling of duty that I, I must do my part. I must be loyal to my people, to my friends. And even if I can't do anything, I'm at least going to try. I'm at least going to try. I'm not just going to hide and do nothing. But then after that, some unexpected things start to happen. Then after that, indirectly, mostly indirectly, they actually do contribute in, and they have an ef some effects that are actually quite large. No, they personally do not kill any of the big bad guys or do anything huge like that. But indirectly, their influence and a few things that they do actually do have some very positive effects. By the end, they really do make very good contributions in this fight against evil. They really do make a difference. If you've, if you've seen the movies, you'll know the first thing they do is they meet these, uh, this guy named Treebeard. He's this kind of living tree. And it's just an accident. They meet him because they're escaping from the orcs. They, they run into the woods to escape. And they meet this Treebeard creature. But then what happens? They start talking to him and they start telling him about all the bad stuff that's happening outside the forest and all the evil that's happening. And, and they eventually persuade him and his uh, friends, his other, these kind of magic trees, they persuade them all to join the fight. They persuade them all to fight for good, to fight against evil, to fight against Saruman, the evil wizard. It's because of their influence that this happens. And so the trees, they do attack and they, they break Saruman's power. They destroy his power. One, this is, Saruman's one of the two big evil guys in the, in the uh, story. So do they personally, does, do Merry or Pippin personally attack and destroy Saruman? No, but because of their influence, because they're there, because they are persuasive and they talk to these trees and they convince them, they persuade them that they must join the fight, that they cannot just hide, right? It's kind of the same message that they, from their own heart, right? The re they left the Shire. They didn't just hide and do nothing. 
And so they convince these trees, these tree creatures, to do the same. Don't just hide. You've got to join the fight. You've got to do what you can. Do your duty for good. Do your duty to fight against this evil. Whatever it is. Whatever you can do, do that. And actually, this has a huge effect because this becomes kind of a quite a big, strong army of these trees and they destroy this very powerful evil wizard. So in this way already, right, their influence contributes greatly. But then there are a few more things that happen. You know, uh, and later in the story, um, I think it's Mary. He's in a battle. He actually joined. There are two big battles. We'll see one, two, yeah, three. I guess really bad big battles in the books. And in the second one, outside this city, there's this thing called the Witch King. He's like the servant of the big uh, of Sauron. He's one of the Black Riders, and. It's he helps to kill him. He doesn't kill him himself, right? He's, he's not that strong. But what does he do? This uh, big evil witch king is fighting a, a hero, a woman named Eowyn. And the witch king is winning. He's about to kill her. He's, he's going to kill her. He's winning. And Mary is there also in the battle, but he's not very strong, but he has a knife. So what he does is that he's so small that the witch king ignores him. He just, he's small, he's weak. This, the witch king is super, super, super powerful. So he doesn't even pay attention to Mary because Mary is such a, you know, small, weak little creature. But because he ignores him, Mary has the courage. He takes out it like a big kind of a short little sword and he attacks him from behind and stabs him in the leg, just the the bottom of the leg. It's not nothing really very serious. He's he's certainly not going to kill him or anything like that, but it's enough to distract him, right? He stabs him. It causes pain. The, The witch king breaks his concentration, turns around to look at Mary, and that saves Eowyn. And when the witch king is distracted, Eowyn kills him, chops his head off. To this little act of courage, he wasn't going to win against the witch king. He was probably going to die. He probably thought he was going to die. But again, he had a choice. He could just say, I'm too small and hide and do nothing. Or he tried to do what little bit he could do. And because of this little bit of courage and this little action of just stabbing him in the leg and the foot, basically, this big evil general, this big evil power was killed and he saved this hero, this woman who's this the big hero, one of the big heroes of the story. In the city, Pippin is also, he's kind of trying to join the fight a little bit. He doesn't do anything huge and, but he does save another hero. There's a hero named Faramir and his father's going crazy. And his father, uh, Faramir's uh, wounded. He gets, he, in a battle, he gets, you know, he has arrows in him and he's, he's sick, but he's not dead. But his father's going crazy. His father's so afraid of all the evil forces coming. His father thinks it's hopeless. So his father wants to commit suicide and wants to kill Faramir too, his son. He says, Look, we're just going to die. We don't want them to capture us and maybe torture us. So we're just going to, let's just kill, we're going to kill ourselves now. I'm going to kill myself and I'm going to kill my son who's injured, who's hurt. 
So he's going to do this. He's going to burn themselves. They're going to burn themselves alive. But luckily Pippin's there. Little Pippin's there and he sees what's happening. He's like, this guy's going crazy. Oh no, I, but I'm, and again, can does he stop him? No, he's too little. He can't stop them. Denethor is the crazy guy's name, the crazy father. And he's he's the ruler of the city. So he yells at him. He tries to stop him, but Denethor ignores him, just pushes him down. He can't do anything, but what does he do? He 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 does the little bit he can do. He runs and he gets Gandalf. He gets one of the big heroes and he tells him, Gandalf, this and he tells him what's happening and then Gandalf comes Gandalf comes and saves Faramir one of the good heroes the virtuous men so again did Pippin directly save him did he fight and defeat the crazy guy no but he did what he could and just his little action just by being there just by running to get help at the right time he saves this hero another great contribution And then finally they go and they also join in this last battle and they don't do anything huge or big in the battle, but they participate in it. But you can see kind of the message, right? Can you see the themes? Can you see the idea here with them? In each case, what do they do? In each case, they're not big, they're not powerful. In each case, they do not directly win themselves. They do not do by themselves. They do not kill any big enemies but because they're there because they do their part because they do the little bit they can do they do what they can right they do the best they can that's our first code if you know right we do the best we can that's what they do they're following the code right Mary and Pippin do the best they can they can't be superheroes they can't be Gandalf they can't be Aragorn. They can't even be Frodo and Sam. But they do the best they can. And because of that, the positive effects are actually much bigger than expected. They help to destroy this great evil general, the Witch King, Black Rider. They help to save Faramir. They help to destroy Saruman, the evil wizard, because of their persuasion with the the tree people they're called ants those are three very big things that they contribute to very big positive contributions that they make just by doing their duty doing what they can doing the best they can It's interesting because I think naturally all of us, or most of us, I won't say all, but most of us, most of us, you know, we're attracted to the big, strong characters in the story, in any story. It's natural. You know, when I was a kid and I read Lord of the Rings, Gandalf, I love Gandalf, Gandalf, right? He's the strongest character in, in the story by far. He's the most powerful. He's got the most power. And he's very good, but he's strong. And so, you know, when you're young, that's, uh, I want to be strong too, right? The big, powerful hero. Yeah, that's great, right? Or some people, you know, it's Aragorn, the, the great king, right? Or Legolas or Gimli. They're all so strong and powerful. And even Frodo, he endures. He's got such fortitude, right? Such endurance. 
so much difficulty. He struggles and keeps going, keeps going. So much persistence just keeps going. And Sam too. Like, just amazing. So it's natural. It's natural for most stories. I remember when I watched the original Star Wars as a kid, my favorite character was Darth Vader. I loved Darth Vader. Why? Two reasons. Number one, because he was so powerful. But number two, I also felt, as a kid, and still, I think, he was honorable. He, he was kind of a bad guy, right? He's all in black. But he's honorable. Like when he goes to fight Obi-Wan Kenobi, he does not bring an army with him. He says, no, I must fight him one to one, right? He's honorable like a samurai. So I like that. I really like that. And of course, as a kid, I like that he's so strong, powerful. If you read the Iliad, you know, who are the, the great heroes? Well, the, great, the greatest one is Achilles. Achilles is super powerful. I mean, nobody can beat him. They, can, they finally kill Achilles, not in the Iliad, but later in other stories. He dies, you know, because they shoot him with an arrow in the foot in this, in this one weak point. But nobody can face him. You know, face to face, nobody can win against Achilles. Hector, on the other side, on the Trojan side, is, you know, is also super, super strong, super powerful, great heroes, you know, all in the Iliad. They're all strong and powerful and brave and amazing. Or there's Odysseus, who is super intelligent and clever, right? These are great, great heroes. We're naturally attracted to that because, you know, of course, there's inside we feel like, oh, I want to be like that, right? It's an ideal. It's this high ideal. And it's, I mean, most of us are not anything like that. We're not close to that. But we sort of wish we were, right? It would be nice. But watching Lord of the Rings this time and thinking about Merry and Pippin, I think there's something special about their characters. And I very much appreciate now, especially being older and maybe a little wiser, I appreciate those two characters and the message of those two characters because the truth is you and I and most of us we're not Aragorn we're not Gandalf we're not the leaders of the world right we're not kings or presidents we're not senators we're not, we're not the uh, owners of huge billion dollar or trillion dollar banks or businesses. We're Mary and Pippin, regular people who want a happy, comfortable, safe, simple life with our family and friends. Right? That's what most of us are. That's what we want. We don't want to rule the world. We don't want to be huge heroes. So Tolkien's message to us is do the best you can and do your duty to fight evil in your time. Do not just hide. Do not use this as an excuse. Do not use it as an excuse. I'm just small. I'm just normal. 
Do not hide in your desire for simplicity and comfort. Of course, we all want that. But sometimes you have to do something, even if it's just a little bit, like Mary and Pippin, because you never know. You never know that your little small actions, your small efforts, doing the best you can, can make a difference. You never know the effect of that in the end. You might have, we call this a ripple effect, right? Ripple effect means it goes out, out, out. It becomes bigger, bigger, bigger. You never know what effect you might have. You might affect one person in a good way. And then they affect someone else in a bigger way. And then they affect someone else even in an even bigger way. And it goes out, out, out. And maybe the final effect, you never see it, but it might be quite large and positive. You might end up making a much bigger contribution in this fight against evil than you think. Then you may never even know it. He's telling us, don't be like all the other hobbits who hide in the Shire and expect others to fight for them, expect others to protect them, who close their eyes and their ears. They, they don't want to hear about evil. They, don't, they want to pretend it doesn't exist. They're not bad people, but they're cowards. They're naive and they're cowards. So this is why by the end, Mary and Pippin indeed are heroes. They are heroes. Not because they personally, you know, kill lots of enemies or anything like that. But because they did the best they could. They faced danger again and again. And because of this, they did make big contributions. Because of this, they are respected and honored by all because of this they are seen as heroes even by the other really big strong heroes they all see Merry and Pippin as heroes also there's a great scene in the movie in the return of the king near the end when Aragorn's the king and he's leaving they, he just became the king everybody's bowing to him and then he's walking and the, he sees the four hobbits and they all bow to him and then he says, no, 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 no. You bow to no one. And then he, the king, bows to them. Not just Frodo and Sam, but Merry and Pippin too. Because he recognizes, he recognizes that, you know, the risk they took, the courage they showed was actually huge. You know, for the big strong men to go and fight, Yes, of course, they need courage. Of course they did. But for these two little hobbits, so small, so weak, for them to show courage, for them to fight against the evil, for them to do the best they could to face this danger, that shows super courage, super virtue, incredible loyalty. It reminds me very much of that story I told, um, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, from the Ramayana, where they're building the bridge, right? Rama, King Rama, they're building a bridge, right? His, Rama's wife has been kidnapped by a demon over on Lanka, 
what is now Sri Lanka. So the demon lives over in Lanka and he has Rama's wife. So Rama has an army to go and, you know, attack Lanka and get his wife back. And they're building this uh, huge bridge from, of stones from India to Sri Lanka because, of course, there's ocean in between. This huge bridge. And, uh, you know, all these huge, amazing heroes are building the bridge and they're, they're picking up these gigantic, these huge, super huge rocks and throwing them into the ocean. And again and again and again to pile up, right? To, to higher and higher, to fill up the ocean and make this bridge. And Hanuman, the greatest one, the strongest of the, the warriors, he's picking up, you know, small mountains and throwing them into the ocean to make this bridge right he's like Gandalf he's like Aragorn and then he looks down on him on this incredibly super powerful hero he looks down and he sees this tiny 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 super small 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 little tiny small little spider and he looks at him and he sees this little spider is walking and he's picking up these little tiny rocks we call pebbles, right? Just the ti- like almost like just a piece of sand, really. It's so small. And he's picking it up and he's he's walking to the edge and he's throwing it into the ocean. And then he walks back and he picks up like another little piece of sand of this tiny tiny rock and he walks back and he throws that into the ocean. And Hanuman starts laughing. He thinks this is hilarious because he's looking around and all, you know, he's throwing mountains and hills into the ocean and all these other warriors are these giant rocks. Boom, boom. And then this little spider, he's throwing in little pieces of sand. It's so tiny. And he's laughing and he's like, what are you doing? He asked the spider, what are you doing? So it's kind of like, you know, these guys are spiritual, magical guys so they can talk to the spiders and the spider says, well, I'm helping Rama build the bridge. And Hanuman laughs, and he's like, he's like, he basically says, just stop. You're not doing anything. I mean, look around. Do you, see how, do you see what everyone else is doing? Look at how big these rocks are we're throwing in. You're throwing these tiny pieces of sand. You know, it's nothing. And then Rama, who is, you know, who, who is an avatar of God, so this is really God speaking, says, uh, here's this conversation, and he interrupts. And he says, Hanuman, you're wrong. You are wrong. He corrects him. And he says, this spider, his work is just as important as yours. Because he's doing it with pure love, pure devotion in his heart. It is, he is serving me God just as much as you are with your big mountains and Hanuman is very wise so he immediately understands his mistake and you know he bows and he accepts Rama's teaching and apologizes to the spider and the spider says "Eh, okay and continues working right (laughs) but the spider's like Marion Pippin also right same idea that it's the devotion, it's the loyalty, it's the duty, it's the virtue and the goodness in the heart that is powerful, that is important, and that can, according to Tolkien and Lord of the Rings, 
can have actually bigger, more positive effects than we realize. Hmm. What do you think, little baby? <laughs> and I think that is an excellent thing to think about in life for all of us. It's easy to make an excuse, because really it's an excuse. Like, oh, I'm so small, what can I do? I'm just a regular person, right? We're going to do Brave New World, this book, Brave New World. And as we read this, we're going to realize that there are families, groups of people, of men and women too, who are super evil, who have superpower and have had this amazing power, wealth and control over us for a long, 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 long time. And that it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And that now it's probably the worst ever. Not probably. It's definitely 100% worse in history. They have the most power they have ever had. And that you and I are living in an invisible mental prison and so is everybody else. That there's tremendous, incredible evil in the world. And it is very, very, very powerful. Far more powerful than you or me. And it can be easy then in that when, we, when you realize that to, to become what's called black-pilled. This is kind of current slang, right? You know, red pill means you wake up, you see the truth. Blue pill means you ignore the truth. You hold on to the, the pretty lies. That's blue pill. Red pill is you wake up to the truth. Black pill means you become hopeless, it means you become super negative and hopeless. And this is common. You'll see it online all the time, even with people you meet, that when they, when they realize the terrible evil, they just become hopeless. It's hopeless. It's hopeless. It's just like, again, Lord of the Rings. Tolkien saw this. This is not something new. You know, I mentioned how Pippin helps to save Faramir, the hero, because his father, the ruler of the city, is black-pilled. His father's the ruler of the city, and they're having a battle. The evil forces, the evil army is attacking the city, and they're winning. They break open the gate. They're coming into the city. Everything seems hopeless. He is black-pilled. His name is Denethor, the, the guy, and he becomes crazy. He becomes so black-pilled, so depressed. He's so hopeless, so afraid that he decides to kill himself and his, and his son. Like that's black-pilled. <laughs> and this is, uh, it's, it's a natural reaction, you know, it's easy to do. Especially when you read books like uh, Animal Farm in 1984, and especially Brave New World, and when you start to wake up to what is really happening in the world, what globalism really is, what, uh, what our governments really are, what this economic system really is, what television and movies really are what the fake news media really is, what the schools really are. Yeah, it's easy to become black-pilled and then to feel hopeless because they're so powerful. So much money, so much power, and they're smart, super intelligent, these evil people. And they are terribly evil. We're learning this more and more, how horribly, horribly evil they are. And you see the effects that, you know, marriage and family has, is being completely destroyed. In America, divorce is now 
they they have destroyed marriage and then this whole gay marriage thing which is uh, another way to destroy marriage and then you know atheism the attack on god on truth ugliness this pushing ugliness 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 all the time so our world is becoming uglier and uglier and uglier and then even worse things they're doing with children and we'll see in Brave New World where they're going because they have a plan and their plan is to have sex with children rape children they're already doing it but they want to do this openly and they will if we don't stop them So you see, and it seems like they're winning, because indeed they are, or they have been. I'll say that. They have been winning. I won't say they're winning now, but they have been. So it's easy to become black-pilled. And when, and when that happens, you know, we kind of have, there are two bad choices we can make that Tolkien's shows us in Lord of the Rings. One, of course, is Denethor, the crazy guy who just decides to kill himself and uh, kill his son. So this is, you know... You can literally kill yourself. You can actually go commit suicide. Or you can just decide, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have any children. I, I, everything's hopeless, so I quit. I quit life. I quit society. That's kind of super black pill. The other choice is the blue pill choice, and that's what the hobbits do, most of them. Not our four heroes, but the other hobbits in the Shire choose the blue pill. And that's just pretend everything's okay. Ah, oh, just kind of try to close your eyes and I don't want to know this terrible truth or these terrible truths. I don't want to know about all this evil. I don't know, want to know about all this. Oh, it's all crazy. It's just a conspiracy theory. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just going to believe what they said in school. I'm just going to believe what the politicians say. I'm going to believe the TV. It's okay. It's not that bad. And just try to hide away and do nothing. That's what the people in the Shire do. But Tolkien shows us with Merry and Pippin the third choice, the honorable choice, the good choice, the heroic choice, the godly choice, the loyal choice, the beautiful and the true choice that just regular people can make. You don't have to be Gandalf the super leader. You don't have to be a king. You don't have to be rich. Just like Merry and Pippin, do the best you can, but do something. Don't hide and don't become hopeless. Just fight and do the best you can. And maybe it's not much. Maybe for a while it's not much. Remember in the story, you know, Merry and Pippin, for the first half of the story... All of book one and half of book two, they really do nothing, <laughs> okay? I mean, they kind of try. They're there. They, they at least do their best and they, they join it with everybody. But they really don't do anything positive or helpful. They're too weak. But they don't quit. It doesn't matter. They still don't quit. And, and also important, the heroes don't get rid of them. The heroes also, they still appreciate. Like, okay, these guys aren't strong. They're not heroes. But hey... They're doing their duty. They're trying. They're doing their best. So they're respected. They're respected by the big guys. They're respected by the heroes, even though they're not doing much. And then, of course, eventually, because they keep trying to do their best, they keep trying, they keep trying, they stay in the fight. They stay in the fight. They don't quit. They don't go home. 
And because of that, eventually they do make a difference. Several times. Because of that, mostly indirectly, a little directly, but mostly indirectly, they have a very strong and positive effect, make very strong and positive contributions for good against evil. And you can too, and I can too. You know, this is my way to do it, this podcast. I'm not rich, I'm not powerful, I'm not super strong. I cannot personally defeat these the whole evil school system and all these corporations and the banks, and I can't. And you can't either. What can I do? I can do a podcast and talk about the truth. What can we do? We can understand their power. We can understand their techniques and what they're doing by reading books like Animal Farm and Brave New World and others. And we can fight against it. We can free our own minds and we can try to help other people free their minds in any little way we can. If you help one person free their mind and wake up, become red-pilled, that's a contribution. That's significant. You've done your duty. You're helping and you're in the fight. You're not hiding away like a little hobbit in the shire and you're not trying to, you're not crying hopelessly. So you do what you can. Maybe you make your life more simple. You live more simply. You get out of debt. No more debt. You don't take debt. You don't become a slave to banks and credit cards. You make your life more simple. Maybe you move out more to the country and grow some food. Maybe you do a little podcast. Maybe you talk to friends. Maybe you talk to family members and you tell them some of these ideas and encourage them to watch my my show or listen to my podcast or to read these books, even in your language. Lots of little things you can do. Just stay in the fight. Do your best, but fight against this evil. I encourage you to uh, also go read or watch Lord of the Rings again. And uh, when you watch next time, focus especially on Merry and Pippin. You know, and those, those parts of the movie or the book that are about Merry and Pippin. Kind of think about what I've said and notice and see what you think. I think, I think that Tolkien gave us a great message with them that can really inspire us all. It's such a strong, positive message that we can all do our part. We can all make a difference. Certainly you can. All righty. I'm going to go take care of a baby now. (laughs) So, as always, please commit to my VIP program. You know, my VIP program, of course, of course, it's about English. So you speak fluently and speak powerfully and speak effortlessly and think in English. You don't feel nervous anymore, none of that. No nervousness, no shyness, no no worry when you're speaking English. Of course, of course. But I also teach you mindsets, attitudes, methods, and techniques to, to be stronger, to have more virtue, to live a better life, to be happier, to do your duty, to have a more satisfying and good life, and to be a better person. This is the deeper part of my VIP program, and all my programs, really, but especially VIP. So, commit. Don't quit. Commit to my VIP program. Go there now. 
My website is EffortlessEnglishClub.com. That's where you commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com.